You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Here on Monday, January 27th, 2020. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Bill Bank Green. Bank and I are going to take a close look at Ohio recruits in the 2021 class on today's show. Bank, obviously, the Buckeyes off to a great start. They have the top three players in the state with defensive end Jack Sawyer, the five star, Ben Christman, the very, very high four star. You could argue he should be a five star. And wide receiver Jaden Bauer. They got the top three players in the state. Uh, before we get into, like, specifics just in general bank how does this 2021 class in ohio compare to some of the other recent classes from the state of ohio well i think it's one of the best in the past four or five years um you know we we, the the top seven eight nine ten guys are ranked by the national recruiting team and that that's the way it should be barton simmons stevie wilfong and those guys now when you get from 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, all the way down to 100, those guys get ranked by me. So, and it's tough this year. It is really tough. The guys at the top, I thought, were easy, even though I think we kind of jumbled it up a little bit early. Um, And the rankings, if you're looking at them right now, that's not what they're going to look like here in a couple weeks once signing day is over. But the top four, five, six were easy. But, boy, when you get down from – maybe 15 to 50, there's a ton of guys in there that maybe might not be Ohio State type guys, but they might be. Guys could blow up, you know, at this time last year, nobody thought Mayan Williams would be in the Ohio State class. So a lot of these guys can change. They can blow up. So, I mean, I think there's 50 guys in Ohio this year that are going to play Power 5 football and play it at a high level. Where last year in 2020, you know, I had a hard time finding really seven, eight, or nine that I thought were really, really good players that I would recommend to Power 5 schools. So this is a great class. It's great at the top with the guys you mentioned. Um, And then it's great depth going down to about 50 guys that I think can play at a high level. That's fantastic news. And um, looking at some of the guys right now, there's not really much room for Jack Sawyer to move up in the rankings. He's ranked as the number two overall player in the country. Um, But – can you give some hints? I know there's probably not too much you can say. Can you give some hints uh, as to maybe some guys that Ohio State has commitments from that might be moving up in the rankings? Yeah, I'm not sure about Chrisman. Um, you know, I think he's ranked really, really well for where he is. Um, Reed Carrico, I think um, in our rankings, I think he's higher than what the composite would have him. So Carrico and Ballard, those four are the clear – one through four. And I think there could be a debate about two through four, but Jack is clearly number one. Um, once you get through those four, then you start to look at guys like Corey Kiner, who absolutely could end up at Ohio State. Lorenzo Stiles, who Ohio State missed on, is going to go to Notre Dame. And then it gets jumbled. 
from there down, man, it start, it's going to look a lot differently than it looks right now. Hmm. So Jalen Johnson is at 10. I think Jalen's going to come up. Um, Mike Hall is a guy that is not a Buckeye commit per se, but he's going to be at some point. You know, whenever he decides to pull the trigger, he's definitely going to Ohio State, in my opinion, and Mike is going to come way up also. So Jalen and Mike are going to come up, and, you know, those are guys that, you know, will affect the Ohio State ranking. Um, I think Ballard, Kiner Carrico, Chrisman Sawyer, you know, I I think they are who they are right now, and I think we know who they are. So there could be some minor jockeying to get you a few points here or there. But Mike Hall, in my opinion, is a a four-star kid. He's a top 247 kid. And Jalen Johnson is not far behind. So um, once this class gets finalized and once the national guys finalize the 2020 rankings, they're not finalized yet. So that's where their emphasis is right now, and that's where their emphasis should be. Um, But soon after signing day, you're going to see these 2020 rankings, especially in Ohio, get – uh, clarified a little bit. And when Mike Hall commits, that's going to, you know, his ranking will be higher. And I think Jalen Johnson's ranking is going to be higher, which is going to help their overall total also. And that's exactly what Ohio State needs. I mean, they need, you know, I mean, they need just recruits, <laughs> high rate of recruits, period. But they, they really need defensive guys in this class. And it's good to know that Reed Carrico is going to be moving up in the rankings. Mike Hall is going to be moving up. Those guys are already four stars. I mean, Carrico is already ranked 121 in the country uh, in the composite. Mike Hall's 231 right now in the composite. So that's good news. They're going to be moving up. Jalen Johnson. Obviously, a little underrated right now, but it, as you mentioned, that's probably going to change. He's a th- he's the one three star kid that they uh, have from Ohio right now, rated number four seventeen in the country. Yeah, I, I'm sure that's going to go up. I want to ask you about some of the other guys. Now, you mentioned Corey Kiner right now, ranked number five in the state, um, uh, running back out of Roger Bacon. Um, if you had to guess right now, you think Corey Kiner is going to be a Buckeye? Well, I had him crystal ball to Michigan early, and that's the. You know, that's the beauty and also the, the kind of fallacy of these early crystal ball <laughs> rankings. You know, you, if if we had to put crystal ball picks in and we could not change them, you'd see about four crystal ball picks right now in there for 2021, if that. So, you know, you take a shot sometimes early. And um, I, think, I think Ohio State has totally turned that recruitment around, not to say that they are an overwhelming favorite or a lock, like I would say they are for Mike Hall, but I think they're in – tremendous shape of Corey Kiner, uh, a lot of different shape than I would have said a year ago when I thought Michigan had him locked up. This one's going to be a battle, and a, a lot is going to depend on how Tony Alford recruits Corey Kiner. If he recruits him like he recruited, you know, Diamante Trainum, and hey, we kind of like you, but, boy, we love Kendall Milton. Yeah, we like you, Devontae, but, man, that Bijan Robinson. You know, they pull that with Corey Kiner, they will not get him. you got to recruit him, okay, not half recruit him, okay? It didn't work last year with the kids in Ohio. They tried, you know, when they lost Bijan Robinson, they tried to come back in on Juton McLean and Torrance Davis, and those guys didn't want to hear it. So if you want Corey Kiner, you got to recruit Corey Kiner, like, like you want him, not like, You'll take him if everybody tells you no, but you really don't want him. That ain't going to fly this year. So I think if they go all out and really show Corey Kiner how much they love him, they want him, show him that he can be J.K. Dobbins in this offense, catch the ball, run the ball, run it inside, run it outside, 
be a feature guy and head right to the NFL, I think they've got a great shot at beating Michigan out for this kid. And going right down the list, um, and again, listeners, as Banks said, these uh, rankings right now will change in the near future most likely, but right now the number seven player in the state, a four-star recruit, another running back, Jalen Anderson from Perry, Ohio. What's the story with Jalen Anderson? Is Ohio State interested? They're kicking the tires. He does not have an offer. He would be in the Mayan Williams boat right now in that they keep him warm. And if things fall apart, maybe they turn to Jalen. If Jalen ends up running 4-5 in camp this year, then it opens eyes and it's like, oh, holy crap, this guys he's a 4-5 guy now. You know, so Jalen can do a lot to improve his position. He does not have an offer now. And, you know, he would be a plan B guy, Kiner clearly ahead of him in state, and there are others out of state ahead of Jalen. But Jalen can – work himself into the picture, and it's all up to him. You know, he's going to have to get faster, number one. Just a couple other guys I want to ask you about. Najee's story right now ranked as a number eight player in the state in the quarter of the 24-7 sports composite. Strong side defensive end, uh, ranked as the number 14 strong side defensive end in the country, four-star prospect. Uh, what's going on with Najee's story? You think he might be a Buckeye? Um, I think he would like to be. Um, <laughs> he... <laughs> He's a great kid, um, and I mean a great kid. Um, I think he – we might have him a little high right now than, you know, where he should be, and I would think that the Ohio State offer might have came a little premature. Um, not sure he could call Ohio State today and tell him he wants in. So we'll see. He suffered a broken leg as a freshman. I don't think he responded real well last year as a sophomore to that. Um, got bigger, and I don't know that that meant better. So, you know, Najee's a guy that, you know, again, we could see him in camp in June, and it would be like, oh, my God, look at this guy, you know. So I think that's really what Najee has to do right now. I think Najee has to um, take his game to the next level. And I think the next two or three months are going to be so key for him. Uh, you know, when you start talking about an Ohio State defensive end and you're talking about Corey Foreman, Jack Sawyer, Tanisia Daly, I mean, you're at the cream of the cream of the cream of the cream. You know, and Najee's story has got to put himself into that mix. Um, he's a definite power five guy, and he's going to be playing football for someone. I'm just not sure he could call Ohio State today and they would take him and, you know, walk away from Corey Foreman or Tun Nisi or some of those guys. I don't see that happening. Gotcha. Um, the last four-star in the state right now, again, I mean, they've got nine four-stars in the state of Ohio and one five-star. So, it's, it's as you mentioned, it's a, a very good class. A.J. Kirk is an interesting case study from right here in Columbus, Dublin Kaufman. I believe he's Mike Doss's half-brother. You can – what's going on with A.J. Kirk? Well – he didn't play a down last year as a junior. Um, he had surgery, oral surgery on the jaw, I was told, and that didn't respond well. So I saw him in preseason um, in a scrimmage against Pick Central. He looked really good. And I've always been so high on AJ. But in this business um, and in the college football recruiting world, it's hard to take a year off. You know, if you're going to take a year off, take your senior year off. Like, Jack Sawyer doesn't have to play a play this year. Right. Um, 
A.J. Kirk's junior year was not that situation. So we will have to see exactly how Ohio State views A.J. Kirk going forward. Do I think A.J. Kirk could call Ohio State right now and say, hey, I got that offer and I'm taking it? And I think they would be, uh, we need to see you in camp. You know, we haven't seen you play football in over a year. So I think last year really hurt A.J. as a prospect, and he didn't play. So, you know, now if he shows up at camp and he's running four five five, and the body is in tip-top shape and he's covering wide receivers and moving side to side, then that offer will be back validated again. But right now, I would guess, and hate to speak for Ohio State, but my guess is that that offer is on hold until we can see, see A.J. Now, you rank the rest of the guys, and I know you, they, you give, you're being modest. I'm, you give, even though it's Steve Wilfong, the Fong, and Barton and those guys, it's their final call. I, I know they uh, tap your brain for, for knowledge and they get your opinion, which is really cool because I know some other sites, you know, some other uh, services don't do that with their talent. And I, I know they, they definitely use you as they should. But let's get into some of the guys that are three stars right now. You don't have to go through everybody, but maybe a guy or two that you're high on that you think maybe Ohio State won't definitely get in on, but the listeners should know about. Yeah, well, I think they want a second tight end in this class. They got the one committed kid in California, Sam Hart, but I think I think there's a kid in Ohio, and if you look at the rankings right now, you're going to see this guy in the, in the high teens, and I think he's way, 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 way better than a high teen, and I'm going to fight for this guy to get moved up, and that's Jack Pugh out of Hilliard, uh, Hilliard Bradley. This kid is really something. His older brother, Trey, was looked at by Ohio State. Trey ended up at, he's at Northwestern right now, um, had some knee issues, but Jack is a better prospect than Trey. He could play DN, tight end. He's huge. He's 6'5", highly athletic. Just now kind of making that transition from basketball player to football player, and he's figuring it out. So I think Jack Pugh is a guy they really will look at closely. Um Again, we go back to that defensive end position, and I know it's jammed for Ohio State because they're in on so many nationals, just studs. But there's a guy at Akron Hoban, Daryl Peterson. He's got Wisconsin offer. He's got some Big Ten offers, and and he is really good. Now, it's hard for me to see Daryl Peterson getting an Ohio State offer today and then taking him over, you know, Corey Foreman and that group. But I think Daryl Peterson is a guy that we need to watch for. And he could be in that Mayan Williams boat in that he comes to camp and he's better than what they thought. And he has a senior year that just blows people away. And maybe he gets an offer down the line because I like Daryl Peterson a lot. So um, those are a couple of guys that I would look at. There's another guy, you know, right under their nose, Jamarius Dinkins at, at Walnut Ridge, you know, Malik Harrison's school. Jamarius is so raw as a prospect. And he's just now learning the game, but he is six foot six and he's 245 pounds and he can move and you can't find many guys like that. So Dinkins would be a guy that would be, you know, again, down the list, but yet he's going to be playing college football for someone someday. And he could fall into that category of you can't take them all. But I know Ohio State knows about him. I know they're intrigued by the size, speed, athleticism combination. So we'll see. The last guy I want to mention is a Maslin kid, Jaden Ballard's teammate, Andrew Wilson-Lamp, uh, wide receiver, and that's not the spot to be trying to get an offer from Ohio State at right now. 
you know, they took four in the 2020 class. They're probably going to take four in 2021. But they're looking at Andrew Wilson Lamp as a corner. And he's 6'3", about 165, 170 pounds, really thin. But his skill set really translates to corner. He hasn't played a lot of corner, though. They threw him in there late in the year last year, and he was amazing for not knowing what he's doing, not being coached at the position, no experience at the position. He was really good. Um, so he would be a guy that if they would you know, have that extra scholarship, you take him and you don't expect him to play as a freshman, but you take him and you coach him up, and at the end of a year or so, you might really have something special with a 6'3 corner with long arms that's got hips, got speed. You might really have something there that you could groom into, you know, a first-round draft pick. By the way, I'm sitting here in the Hilliard-Bradley School District. My kids will go to Hilliard-Bradley one day, so I like the Jack Pugh shout-out. That's going to be interesting if he ends up uh, being a Buckeye. Um, hey, last thing, Kerry Combs, first time you and I have talked since uh, it's been official, even though we've known it was going to happen for, like, what, like the last month, the worst-kept secret in the world. Um, but it happened a few hours after we got off the air. Ohio State made it official last Monday. What are you hearing about Kerry Combs? Is he just crushing it already on the recruiting trail? What's uh, maybe a funny story you can pass along or an interesting story? Well, the one that I liked was that um, Ohio State, they really wanted Sean Wade to come back. And, you know, when they talked to Sean's dad, Randy Wade, and they talked to Sean, it was like, you know, we love Halfley. We, you know, we would definitely come back if Halfley was staying. But, you know, we don't know who you're going to hire, you know, and we can't just commit to come back to air, to a ghost. You know, this is, this is an important year for Sean. And if we knew he was going to be groomed, you know, as a number one corner, we'd come back. And if we don't know who you're going to hire, then maybe it's best he goes into the draft, goes in the second round, and shoots for that second contract. And that was when they told him, well, let me whisper in your ear here, Mr. Wade, it's going to be Terry Combs. Please don't put it on the Internet. Please tell Sean not to tell anyone. You know, and, and they really told recruits that all the way through. You know, they told Cam Martinez that and his coach. Let us whisper in your ear here. Please don't put it on the Internet. Please don't say it in interviews. Please don't put it on your Twitter. And it was funny how Ryan Day trusted people, you know, and, of course, it leaked out. But you didn't see interviews with people blasting it out there. You know, and some kid could have tried to make a name for himself and said, hey, Kerry Combs is coming to Ohio State. They didn't do that. And it shows the respect people had for Ryan Day that it was hinted, but it never came out from anyone. And I think that I thought that was pretty cool that I think people had that much respect for Ryan that he trusted them. And, you know, they, they returned that trust by not busting him on that. And I, I kind of thought that was cool. It really was. Um, yeah, and I'm sure, you know, Ryan Day would give somebody one chance, and if you uh, um, broke his trust, then he would never trust you again. He's just a good guy, though. Um, he's going to give people the benefit right. of the doubt. And, right, and, and, and it was smart. I mean, what's he going to do, sit there and not tell them? Like, hey, hey, by the way, we got Kerry Combs coming. Of course we're going to tell them. Um, but it is cool that, yeah. yeah, none of the recruits tried to be, you know, like, like you said, make a name for themselves, and I'm going to be the one to, like, break the news or anything like that. And even reporters, we all knew we couldn't really, like, say it's official. We had to kind of, like, kind of beat around the bush a little bit and say, you know, you never know what could happen and all, all these legal Legal disclaimers, quote unquote. But uh, yeah, I'm. I think that was a a money hire, and much like Ryan Day, I can't wait to ask Ryan Day about this because last time we talked to him, Bank, he uh, 
you know, it wasn't official yet. He couldn't even say anything about it. But Ryan Day spent two years in the NFL, and he said that really changed him as a coach. Two years in the NFL <laughs> as an NFL assistant really changed him. And it's going to be interesting to see how much that changed Kerry Combs and what kind of chops, uh, you know, extra chops that gave Mr. Kerry Combs. Anyway, I won't steal any more of your time. Thank you very much to Bill Bank Green, Excellent Insights Bank, and thanks to our listeners out there for tuning in to the show. I appreciate it. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's try the Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount+, Plus to try it free. Terms apply.